Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible, you could turn with me this morning to uh, the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth and chapter 2. I just want to read a couple of scriptures to you. Uh, The book of Ruth, chapter 2, 14. 18. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Amen. Book of Ruth. If you have it, say Amen. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither and eat of the bread. And dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers. And he reached her parched corn. And she did eat. And was sufficed. And left. And when she was risen up to glean. Boaz. Somebody say Boaz. Commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. And let fall also some handfuls of purpose for her. I love the word of the Lord. Some handfuls, somebody say some handfuls of purpose for her. It's personal. I can't help it. I'm thankful he left some handfuls for me. Come on. And leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned. And it was, out of, it was about an epiph of, epiph of corn, of barley. And she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. I'm going to preach to you this morning on this subject. The beckoning of the Lord. The, the beckoning of the Lord. I wonder if you could lay your Bibles down and, and lift your hands, close your eyes, lift your hands to the Lord. Let's pray to the Lord this morning. God, we're thankful this morning, God, for your presence that we feel in this house. God, we pray, Lord, that you would have your way in this place. I pray for every eye, God, to be a seeing eye, and every ear, a hearing ear, and every heart, an understanding heart. Lord, anoint, God, my mouth of clay, my lips of clay, to speak the words, God, that you have purposed for this service, God, from heaven. God, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would have your way, God, not only in the preaching, God, but in the older service, Lord, in the day that is to follow, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. My voice is a little scratchy this morning. Not sure why, but uh, um, if I get screechy or scratchy uh, or start screeching when I start yelling, just forgive me, okay? 
Amen. Everybody ready? The beckoning of the Lord. Uh, most people um, don't spend a lot of time in the book of Ruth. Uh, the, if you've never read the book of Ruth, you should, you should go and, and read it and study it out sometime. Uh, but uh, the book of Ruth is a, it's a great story. It has a lot of uh, uh, revelations uh, in it about uh, God and how God uh, deals with mankind. Man, how many know that this Bible that we have is a, it's about a relationship, amen, between God and mankind. It's about, it's about a relationship between, between an, an, an omniscient God, a creator, and the creation that he has made. Mankind being the apple of his eye. Amen. Uh, God cares about each and every one of us. Amen. Regardless of what you've gone through in your world, God cares about you. He cares about your existence. He cares about the trouble that you're going through and that you've been through in your past. He cares about the hurt. He cares about the wounds. He cares about the mistakes that you have made. Amen. He cares about the failures in your life. Amen. He also, he cares about the needs of our life. Amen. And, and regardless of how trivial our needs may seem, uh, and, and we think that, that God in all of his power and all of his glory and all that he is, that how could he possibly care about me? Amen. How many know? I believe that the hairs of our head are numbered. Amen. I believe that when one hair of my head falls to the ground, God knows about it. Amen. Even if you're bald, the hairs of your head are numbered. That's easy, right? That's an easy one to figure out. Zero. <laughs> Zach. Oh, man. I saw him rub his bald head back there. Not only the ones that are growing, but the ones that are going to grow. Come on. Or not going to grow. Amen. He knows what you have. He knows what you need. He knows the, the, the deficiencies in our life. Come on. He knows what needs to happen to get us from point A to point B. Come on. He needs to know what needs, he knows what needs to happen to get us to produce and to bring increase in our lives and to bless our lives. I just want to tell somebody from the outset of this message, God knows about your life. He knows about your struggle. He knows about what you've been through. He loves you. He's got a plan to bring you out of it. Amen. He does. He's got a plan to bring you out. Amen. The story of the book of Ruth, it begins with a, a famine. Somebody say famine. A famine uh, in the land of Israel. Okay. Everybody understands what a famine is. It's, a, uh, it's where there's no rain. And when there's no rain... Come on. Amen. Because the rain, how many know rain is, is, is necessary? Amen. In order for things to grow, there has to be rain. Amen. Sometimes it messes up our plans. Come on. Sometimes it sets us back a little bit. Sometimes it gets in our way. Sometimes it knocks the power out. Sometimes it floods the roads. Sometimes it looks like it's wreaking havoc on our lives, but in actuality, rain is necessary. Amen. I don't want to live in a land with no rain. Amen. Because where there's in a land where there's no rain, there's no, there's no life. Come on. There's nothing growing. There's nothing being produced. It's empty. It's desolate. Come on. It's, uh, you can't get what you need. Come on. There's a lot of deficiency when there's no rain. Crops don't grow. Fruit don't grow. Vegetables don't grow. Cattle don't grow. Cattle don't reproduce. There's no food when there's no rain. Somebody say amen. And I like food. How many like food? So when there's no food, you get what? You get hungry. You get hungry. A famine produces hunger. Man, hunger's not a bad thing. Man, hunger's a good thing. Hunger was put on the inside of us to keep us alive. Man, if you don't hunger, uh, you may starve to death. 
Amen. Uh, some of us don't remember what it was like to hunger because we eat all the time. Come on. We could use a couple days with no food. Come on, so that, so, so that we could feel some hunger pains. Man, uh, if we never, man, I don't want to get into preaching about fasting, but come on, somebody better say amen. I mean, when, when, when we fast, what it does is we fast for, for, from, the, from the very thing that we need to survive, which is food, right? But when we fast from it, amen, we fast from food, we get a, we get a control over our appetites, Amen. We get a control over the things that we are hungering for. And even though I'm hungering for something, I don't give myself what I want. Amen. Because sometimes I can want things that I should not want. Sometimes I can hunger for things that I should not hunger for. Come on. Sometimes I could desire things that I should not desire. And there's times where we need to go on a fast so we can get control over our appetites. So we control our appetites and our appetites don't control control us. Come on, because if we get in a place where our appetites start controlling us, then we have no control over what we're consuming. Amen. We're just consuming anything and everything, and we will be what we eat. Amen. What we take in, that's what we will become. And I want to preach to this church this morning. Amen. Everything you're hungering for is not of the Lord. Everything you're desiring is not of God. Everything you have an appetite for doesn't mean that God wants you to have it. Amen. Sometimes there's a famine in the land so people can be reminded of what's most important. Amen. Sometimes God shuts off the rain so that people can be reminded that he's still in control and that we need him in our lives. Come on, we can get so caught up with what we have and what we're eating and what we want that we forget about what he wants and the direction that he has for our lives and the things that he wants to bring into our lives. So sometimes the Lord's got to shut off the flow so we can remind it of his, be reminded of his great power and his great authority and how much we need him. Come on. I need him. Somebody say, I need him. And so there's a famine in the land, all right? And Naomi and her husband, they, they make a plan. Well, since, since what we need, stay with me, I'm going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Somebody say, we're going somewhere. I'm just not up here for no reason. We're, I'm not just going to yell at you. There's going to be a point to all the yelling. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's not yelling, it's passion. They made a plan. Okay, I, I, we're going to go where they have what we want. Okay, we're going to go where uh, there's a famine in Israel. And since I can't get what I want here, I'm going to go over here because they have what I want over here. So they get up from Israel and they uproot themselves and they go to Moab. Okay. Moab, if you've ever done any Bible study, uh, you begin to study about Moab. Uh, Moab was not a place that was conducive for growth for the Israelite people. Amen. They were, they were a, an enemy of Israel. Amen. Not necessarily in war. In war, but not necessarily always in war. They, they, they wanted to try to befriend the people of Israel. Amen. They, they wanted to be close to the people of Israel. And there was a time in, in, uh, when the Israelites uh, got hooked up with the Moabites. And, and the Moabites began to introduce their gods to, to, to the people of Israel. And the people of Israel began to worship the Moabite gods, Baal Peor be, to be exact. Amen. And so they began to be tied to him. Amen. And there was a plague that was loosed upon Israel because of their worshiping of Baal Peor. Amen. Uh, 24,000 of them died in the plague that was loosed upon them because of their worshiping and following after the gods of the Moabites. Amen. And there were some Moabite people in the camp of Israel. And they called them Moabitish. Amen. They, they weren't 
totally Moabites, but they won't, weren't totally Israelites. They were, they, they were a cross between following God and following the world. Come on. They weren't all the way in, but they weren't all the way out. Amen. They, but they were introducing things to the camp of Israel that was leading them astray and causing them to worship things they should not worship, do things they should not do. And so the priests found out where they were at, and the priest went into the tent and killed the two people that we're introducing the Moabite God worship to the Israelite. I want to tell you today that God takes this serious. When he says you shall worship him and him only shalt thou serve, that's what he means. He's a jealous God who wants our full affection and our attention. Amen. How many know that war, the worship of other gods can lead us astray? Come on. It can cause us to do things we shouldn't do and go places that we shouldn't go. Well, uh, Naomi and her husband went to the Moabite land because they had what they needed. They uprooted themselves out of Israel because of the famine. Let that sink in. Because the, what they wanted was not there. Amen. They went to a place where they could get it, uprooted themselves. And when you uproot yourself, things begin to die. Brother Smith told me a story this morning. And he had no idea what, what I was preaching about today. We're sitting in a prayer room and he's like, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you what happened to me this week. He said, I was... Uh, I was walking by the shed there and there was a little sprout that came up and he said it started out it was only about this big and in a day it was that big and it looked like a tomato plant and their tomato plant had gotten destroyed and so he thought man I'm gonna I'm gonna take this tomato plant and, and I'm gonna he, he pulled it out of the ground and he created a pot for it amen that 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 he thought had everything it needed in the pot. Okay, the, the, the plant would be better off in the pot, right? And so he, he pulled it out of the ground and he planted it in the pot and he watered it and he gave it some time and he, he sat it there and he said he came back a little bit later and he said that plant looked terrible. It was wilted, you know. He's like, oh man, what did I do? So he said, I'll give it a little more time. Maybe it just needs some time to adapt. And so he said he gave it some time. He went back and he said that thing was laying over. Anybody ever felt like that before? I felt this morning. Felt like Brother Smith uprooted me. He said he's like, Wow. I can't believe this. So he took the that he took that that little plant that was dying. He said, "You know what? I'm just going to put it back where it was." He took it and he put it back in there where it was at, where it had roots. Packed it down, watered it a little bit. He said he left it alone. He went back and that thing was standing up. Stretching out, reaching for the sun, life, it had life back in it and vitality back in it because when you uproot something, it begins to die. Come on. When you take it someplace where it's not supposed to be. Amen. It's a natural process. The my Bible tells me that the eternal things are seen uh, are clearly seen through the things that he created. Amen. There is a lesson in that. There, there's a reason why when it was uprooted, it began to die because everything it needed was in where it was at and where God had placed it. Come on, somebody. Everything that you need, it's not in Moab. It's not somewhere else. You may feel like this morning that you're not getting exactly what you want out of life. And so you're going to uproot yourself and you're going to chase your dreams. I come to preach against that spirit tonight. You need to stay where you're planted. You need to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Come on. I feel an authority on me this morning. 
God knows what you need. The moment they uprooted themselves, things begin to die. He died. Elim was Elimelech died. His, his two sons died. Now Naomi's left in Moab with two daughter-in-laws and no man to help take care of her or provide for her. Come on. She's lost in Moab with no place to go. She's lost in Moab with not a dime to her name. She's lost in Moab without an inheritance and without an eternal connection. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. You need to get back to Israel. You need to get back to where God has purposed for you to be. Amen. She said, I don't have anything here. I have no choice but to get back. I have no choice but to go back where I was birthed. I have no choice but to go back to the land of the God that I serve because in my God, I have an inheritance. I might not have a dollar to my name, but I have an inheritance in the heavens. And I want to tell you today, once you have been called a children of God, God does not forget about you. He doesn't let go of you. He don't quit pulling on you. He keeps calling you. Amen. Somebody say amen. Man, I believe that there are people that have left the call of God, that have walked away from Israel. They have walked away from the life of the Lord and they've gone out to Moab and they've experienced death. They've experienced heartache and hurt and woe and pain, but they're coming back. They're coming back. I preached to this church this morning. They're coming back. Your loved ones are coming back. Does anybody believe that this morning? If you do, why don't you stand to your feet, lift your hands to the Lord, and give Him some praise in this house. Come on, lift your voice unto the Lord this morning. Amen. There's nothing in Moab. They're coming back. There's nothing of value or substance in Moab. They're coming back. Amen. There's going to come a time when they're going to realize, i got to get back to my roots. i got to get back to my roots. Amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. Woo. I feel like preaching. Can you tell? Amen. Amen. They got up and they came. They came back. Oh, oh man. The greatest decision I ever made. Was coming back. Amen. Greatest decision I ever made was getting up from Moab, laying down the gods of the Moabites, laying down the gods of the world, and coming back to where I had roots. Amen. Going back to where there was a call of God on my life. Come on. Going back to where there was purpose. There was thoughts of purpose. There was hopes of purpose. Come on. Not just of having what this world has to offer. But I'm talking about eternal purpose this morning. I'm talking about things that were birthed in heaven about you before you were ever even born. Come on. Things that God thought about you before you even knew about him. Amen. It was no accident that Naomi said, I'm going to go back to Israel. It was no accident. She had no place else. Sometimes God gives us no option. We have no place else to go. Why do we wait till we have no place else to go? Why are we that way? We are, every one of us. Wait till we have no place else to go, I think. In order to have mercy, we have had to need it. We have had to have needed mercy at some point in our lives. How many have ever needed mercy? Amen. Needed the hand of mercy in your life. You needed God's forgiveness. Come on, in your life. You needed the blood of Jesus to cover you. The Spirit of God to raise you. Come on, to open your eyes that you could see and your ears that you could hear. Come on, and give you a path to walk that you could have hope and faith in. Come on. How many's ever needed the hand of the Lord in your life? Clap your hands if you have. Amen. Orpah, which was one of one of Naomi's sister-in-laws, she, she started to weep. She didn't want Naomi to leave. And so she's like, don't leave, please. Don't, don't leave. Don't go back. She's like, I'm going back. You need to leave and go back to your family. So the Bible says that Orpah kissed her 
mother-in-law and went back to her family. And she told Ruth, Ruth, you need to go back to your family. Ruth was married to one of her sons. Her husband had died also. You need to go back to your family. Just leave me. I'm going back to Israel. Ruth said, I'm not leaving you. I'm not. I'm not leaving you. You, you have given me something that, that I didn't have. Amen. You see, because even though Naomi was going through a struggle, and maybe she had forgotten who she was, she still had a connection to Jehovah. Amen. And you know that it's through the people that know Jehovah or Jesus that we come to the Lord. It's through the connections of the people that I knew that knew the Lord that I come to know the Lord. Amen. And so it was Naomi's connection with God that got Ruth connected. Amen. But Ruth was connected to Naomi first. Amen. Sometimes we, uh, we just think that we're going to have influence in people's lives without knowing them, without being connected to them, without having relationships with them. But how many know that you don't listen to people that you don't know? Amen. He said, know those that labor among you. You better, you better know, know the person that's telling you uh, how to live and, and what to do and uh, how, how to get close to God. You better know those people and know whether or not they're living for the Lord or not. Come on. Whether or not they're telling you what's right or not. Amen. How many know that, that Ruth trusted Naomi with her life? She said, I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to, uh, whatever land you're going to live in, that's where I'm going to go. Wherever you're going to worship, that's where I'm going to worship whatever God you're worshiping that's the God that I'm going to worship come on where you die I will die where you lodge I will lodge I'll die where you die and I'll be buried there amen because I'm going with you how many is there anybody in your life that wants to serve the God that you serve just because you serve him come on how many know that Naomi had such an impact on Ruth's life that she was willing to let go of all that she knew in Moab to get close to the God that Naomi served? I want to know this morning, is there anybody that wants to serve the God that you serve? Is there anybody that you have influence over that says, the reason why I want to serve Jesus Christ is because of your life, the way that you live, your influence in my life and how you live. That's why I want to serve him. That's a testimony. Amen. When, when Naomi saw, well, she's not leaving me. She said, okay, well, let's go. So they went back to Israel. They went back and they had nothing. Amen. They're a couple of widows. They had nothing. Nothing. No hope. No hope for a future, right? No hope for tomorrow. Not even the simplest needs were provided for. Come on. The basis of needs not, weren't provided for. They went back to Israel with zero. Amen. They had nothing but a connection. <laughs> nothing but a connection from the past. Somebody say, from the past. But Naomi said, well, there's a field over here that is owned by one of my relatives. And there's a custom around here that if uh, you, you, you're a widow, that when they, when they harvest their fields, they, they don't take the whole field. They just take everything but the corners. And they leave the corners for the widows and those that don't have on their own. They can't get on their own. They, they don't have anybody to provide for them. So the widows would come and glean in the fields, in the corner of the fields. Uh, gleaning is gathering. Amen. How many know you still got to gather? And so she said, there's a field over here that's owned by one of my relatives I'll go and glean in that field, and that, that's, how we'll, that's how we'll get by. Okay? So Naomi pointed her to the field. 
Amen. Go there, you're going to get what you need. Somebody say, go there. Pointed to the field where there was everything that she needed will be provided for. She goes, she starts gleaning in the fields. Amen. She's, she's like all the rest of the widows. She's going in. She's, she's gathering what she can gather. Amen. Uh, how many know that there was, pro there was probably a lot of widows, and so they're getting in there. You better get in there early. Right? Somebody, are you guys with me? You better get in there early. Get in there. Get what you need. Get in there. Uh, beat the rest in there. Amen. And how many know that, that Ruth began to glean in the field and she took back what she gleaned and they, they beat it out. Amen. How many know there's some work involved in harvesting? She didn't show up to the field and there was a loaf of bread there for her. Not yet anyway. Not yet. It started out. She got, some, she got some barley, and she had to go, and she had to take off what was not necessary and take the good stuff, and she had, to, she had to grind it down, make the flour, and then make her bread. There was a process to getting what she needed. Amen. Too many times we, we come to the field expecting to just get it made for us. Amen. We want it made for us. We want to sit down and we want to have a four course meal and go out with our bellies full and never having to work for it, never having to labor for it. Amen. But I want to preach to this congregation. If you want to be saved, you're going to have to get what you came for, take it home and beat it out so that it can. Right, Zach? Amen. You got to dig it out for yourself. Come on. Amen. I'm throwing some barley out there this morning. We need to take it home. We need to beat it out. Let's see what of this is for me exactly. We need to ingest it. Let it become a part of our lives. It'll make us strong and it'll cause us to want to come back to the field. If you come to the field and all you see is work, you'll never want to come back. Come on. If you come to the field and, and, and you get all your needs met, you're never hungry, you'll never want to come to the field. But when you understand the value of getting a little bit, taking it home and beating it out and letting it produce something in your life, the next morning you'll be back in the field. How many know we need to value the field? Amen. She's gleaning in the field daily. Man, she's only able to gather what she, her, her and Naomi need in the one day with all the work that's involved to, to get it ready to eat. She's living a day-by-day -day process. Somebody say a day-by-day -day process. That's how it works. Amen. But as she's gleaning in the field... Boaz, the, the owner of the field, notices her gleaning in the field. When you have a hunger for the field, God notices. Come on. When you don't have a hunger, you won't be in the field. Amen. The people that are hungry are in the field. Come on. They're searching for what they need. They're reaching for what they need. Amen. They know that what they need is in the field. The overseer of the field notices who's in the field. He, amen. Come on. He notices who's in the field. And the people that are in the field, he's going to make sure they have what they need. Amen. He notices Ruth. There's somebody new in the field. No, he's probably walking through. I know this widow. I know this widow. I know her. Who's that? So he begins to ask, who's this? Oh, that's Ruth. Ruth. She, she come back from, from, with Naomi from Moab. She was married to one of Naomi's sons, you know, and when they left Moab, they, their, their lives are just wrecked. And, and now people are. Talk about all the negative. Boaz says, 
Call her to me. I want to talk to Ruth. So she comes up and thank you for allowing me to glean in your field. I'm very thankful to have a place that I can glean for me, for my mother-in-law. This is such a blessing. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Here's some bread, won't you? You have some bread. Get a drink of water. Get what you need. Amen. Had a conversation with Ruth. Personal conversation with Ruth. Because God is personal. And when He notices you in the field, it means He wants to talk to you. And He'll beckon to you. He'll begin to call you close. Amen. He wants to talk to you about what's ailing you. He wants to talk to you about where you've been. Come on. He wants to talk to you about what you've been through. Amen. Come on. He, he wants to talk to you about the issues and deficiencies that you have in your life. Amen. He wants to help you. Amen. The reason that Boaz beckoned to Ruth was not to hurt her in any way, not to condemn her, not to, not to kick her out of the field, but to let her know you're welcome in the field. Amen. You're welcome in my field anytime. In fact, he told the young men that work in the field, when she comes in the field, don't you ever tell her that she's not welcome in the field. Don't you ever tell her that she can't be where she's at. Even if she pushes past the corner and gets a out into the harvest a little bit, you let her do what she, where she wants to go and have what she needs. Amen. Because I'm calling to her. Come on. I'm beckoning to her. And there's a lot that I have for her that's not in the corner of the field, but it's more than just the corner of the field. Amen. Because when God beckons to you, it's not just to meet exactly what you need. It's to give you more. Amen. There's a whole life that he wants to open up to you. It's not just about meeting your need for that moment. Too many times we think that God positioned us just to meet our need for this moment. And once that moment passes, our time with God is done. That's not the way that God works. He'll meet your need in the moment so that he can get to know you and let you know that there's a bigger plan, a bigger purpose. There's more for your life than where you've been and what you've been through. Amen. Amen. She goes back home. She takes what she has. He gave her a little extra that day. Amen. More than, more than she was used to going home with. Come on, somebody. Read it. Amen. He gave her a little bit extra. Gave her something she didn't have to work for. Come on, amen. Because at first, you got to work for it because God wants you, wants to know whether or not you want it or not. You got to put some effort into it. But there will come a time when he starts giving you stuff that you didn't even work for. Come on. You didn't even labor for. But he put it in your bag anyway because you're one of his and he's laying claim to you. Come on. Because he wants you to keep coming back. He wants you to keep coming to the field because there's a blessing. Your place is not where the world's at. Your place is in the church. Your place is in the field. Somebody say the field. Amen. Boaz starts taking a liking to Ruth. Amen. Plus, she's even though she's a she, she's a Moabitess, she's connected to Naomi and Naomi's family. So even though she was from Moab and all of their idol worship, come on, hear me to hear me today. He overlooked that because she was connected to Naomi. Amen. And he treated her as if she was an Israelite, even though she wasn't at that point. Come on. Amen. He welcomed her into the field knowing what background she had because of her. Con Man, I'm telling you, we got to have an open door. Amen. An open door policy. An open door. Amen. A bigger door than we have our discrimination. Come on. Our door's got to be bigger than, 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 than every discrimination out there. 
Come on. Our door ought to let anybody in. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what ethnic background they are, what their socioeconomic status is, how long they've been addicted to drugs, how long they've been selling their body. It don't matter if God's pulling on them. There's a purpose for their life, and we're going to help them find it. Come on, clap your hand to the Lord. He's worthy. going to help him find it. Amen. Boaz, he went to the young guys. He's like, all right, guys, here's the plan. When you reap in the fields, there's this young lady by the name of Ruth. You know her? Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw you talking to her. Amen. I could preach on that. You can tell when God's talking to somebody. And he's pulling on somebody. You can tell, can't you? Man. I want you to do something for me. When she's gleaning in the field, I want you to leave her some extra handfuls. Of purpose. And so, as they're gleaning, as they're harvesting the field, and they would come in, and as they harvest the field, a lot of times they would, they would follow along behind the harvester as they're going. It wasn't like today, you know, they harvest a field in one day. That's not, they did it by hand. And so it took weeks for them to harvest a field. And so they would follow along behind the harvesters. And they would pick up what they dropped. You know. Because once the corner of the fields are gone. What now? Winter's coming. Right? So they followed along behind the harvesters. And they would pick up whatever they dropped. So he commanded the, the reapers, when you're reaping, drop some handfuls. You ever see Bugs Bunny? Nobody even laughed. You know who Bugs Bunny is? They're old school, though. That's why. They probably watch them old school cartoons. I had to pull mine up on YouTube so I could show my kids. Because we make jokes about Bugs Bunny and things we watch anyway. You know how they would entice Bugs Bunny. They would leave the carrots, right? One at a time. And here he comes. There's more. It was a trail of blessing. Because when God's beckoning to you and wants to pull you close, He leaves things for you. He does. Amen. Even though it looks like maybe sometimes you're, you're not uh, being noticed or uh, you've been forgotten, you're, you're gleaning and you're following the reapers, all of a sudden they would drop on purpose. Because that's what Boaz told them to do. Little extra for you. Oh, Ruth's behind us. Here, watch this. I think she saw you, dude. No, I was discreet, man. I'm smooth. Right? Dro trying to drop it without her noticing that they're doing it on purpose. Amen. But he commanded them in private to spend pay special attention to Ruth because she's connected to the family. 
Because there's a plan for her life. There's, there's more for her than where she's been. Amen. And so in order to pull her out of that, we got to let her know she's welcome in the field. And this is her field. Come on. This is where she belongs. And in order to know where you belong, sometimes you got to get dropped something for you. It's not for somebody else. It's meant specifically for you. That's why there's times when you come in and, and you had a conversation before you got to church and the preacher starts talking about the conversation that you had before you come in the church that's God letting you know hold on a minute here's a little bit of purpose for you you're in the right place come on you're in the right field amen this is what I think you don't need to worry about what you were talking about this is what I think come on how many know that God knows your life inside out he knows where you've been where you're going he knows what you're going to do today come on he knows what you're thinking in your mind right now and he's come here today to let you know that there's a purpose for your life and a He's got something for you. Just keep reaching for him. Keep coming to the field. Keep following the reapers. Because uh, one of these days, uh, he's going to bring you up uh, and give you more than you ever bargained for. Somebody say amen. amen. Clap your hand to the Lord. He's worth. Somebody say handfuls of purpose. What was the reason for the handfuls? Amen. It was a little token of the owner of the field's affection and desire for her. Amen. Somebody say amen. He left her handfuls of purpose. It doesn't say on purpose. It says of purpose. To feed her, to keep her, to give her more. Amen. How many know that God, God wants more for us? He really does. He wants more for our lives. He wants to be able to show us how much more He wants for us. But He does it one handful at a time. Somebody say one handful at a time. Amen. One day at a time. One handful at a time. You're not going to come to the field in one day and get everything you need for the next year. That's not the way God works. Somebody say, keep coming to the field. There was a time when Boaz had more of a desire for her to help her than just giving her handfuls. It escalated because relationships, I mean, they escalate, you get closer. Amen. You, you, you want more out of a relationship. Amen. It's like that with God. Amen. When, when God begins to give you some purpose and help you in your life, he wants to give you more. I mean, no, it's his desire to open up to us the good treasure, his good treasure, man, uh, the treasures of his kingdom. Blessings that, uh, that, that come to somebody that follows him that don't come to people that don't follow him. Amen. How many know peace is valuable? Joy is valuable. You can't put a price tag on it. Love is valuable. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about natural love. I'm talking about the love of God. Amen. How many know the love of God fills every void in your being when it comes to you? It fills the emptiness of your being. When the Holy Ghost comes on the inside, it is the love of God, the presence and the power of God. Somebody say amen. Mm. He's got more. So Boaz began to inquire about uh, Ruth. Amen. He wanted to marry her. He wanted to help her. Uh, he wanted to make her, give her back what she had lost. Amen. And so he began to inquire about Ruth and her background and who she married. And, and who was the rightful kinsman that had the right? Because there was a law in the Jewish law that, that when a Jewish man's passed away and left a wife and they didn't have an heir. They didn't have a son to, to take care of their mother. That the next to kin had a responsibility to her to marry her 
and to take care of her. Amen. That's the way it worked in, in their law. Uh, and so uh, Boaz went to the, the next to kin. He went to the next to kin and wanted to marry her. Asked him, are, are you going to take your rightful place and marry this woman? And the guy's like, nope. She's a Moabitess. Right? She's from Moab. Oh. Whatever reason, he didn't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. And Boaz said, well, I'm going to buy the rights. Come on, somebody. I'm going to buy the rights to Ruth. Amen. I'm going to purchase the rights to her, and I'm going to become the next to kin responsible for her and her well-being. Amen. What a word. I'm going to become the next to kin. That's why Boaz is a representation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ, how many know that he bought the rights? Amen. That he paid the price. He, he, was, he is our redeemer. Amen. He went to the cross for our sin. Paid the price for our sin. What we've done wrong. Where we've been. Not just our sin. But the sin of the whole world. He paid for it with his life. And when he rose from the dead. He had the keys. Come on. The keys to death, hell, and the grave. And I want to preach to you this morning. That he is the rightful kinsman redeemer to each and every one of us. That he owns the right to the field. He owns the right to your life. He owns the right to marry you and make you one of his own. Mm. Stand with me all around the building. Amen. What is marriage? It's a covenant. Somebody say covenant. It's a covenant relationship. Amen. It's an agreement. What is a covenant? It's an agreement, right, between two parties. If you do this, I'll do this. If I do this, you do this, right? I mean, how many know there's two sides to a covenant? Covenants are not one-sided. Covenants that are one-sided don't last. Amen. That's why 54% of the people that get married end in divorce. Boy, I got quiet there. Because people don't keep what they promise. Amen. When you stand and you make a vow forsaking all others until death do us part. You're making that promise before God. Amen. How many know when you make a promise before God, you better mean it. Amen. Boaz wanted to marry her. He wanted to make her his own. Not selfishly, but so that he could give to her what rightfully belonged to her. Because it was not hers unless there was a kinsman redeemer that would marry her and restore the inheritance to her that she should have had when her husband died. That land, that field that she was gleaning in, that was supposed to be her field. She didn't even know it. But Boaz wanted to marry her. Not to just make her his, but to give her the field that she was gleaning in. You see, she was just getting just enough to get by. In a field that she was supposed to own. There are a lot of us that are living way below. The standard and level that God has intended for our lives. And it's because we don't really understand who we are. And we don't understand who he wants to be in our lives. The field that we are gleaning in. He wants to give us ownership of. With God, it's more. It's not just about, God, I need you to deliver me. 
And once he does, I'm good now. Thanks. I'll see you later. I, Lord, I just, I just need, I need my bills paid. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? I, I, need, I need enough money for my gas bill. I need enough money. Yeah, he cares about that kind of stuff, but that's not the end of his affection for us. That's where it starts. He starts with the deficiency and begins to meet the need to let you know that he loves you. But he wants more. He wants a covenant. He wants a, he wants a promised relationship with you. Come on. Stamped with his blood. If you'll give me my, your life, I will bless you abundantly. If you give me your life, I'll give you my life. Come on, how many know God's life, Jesus' life is way more valuable than my life. Amen. And how many know that he said, if you give me your life, I'll give you my life. And I'll give you the things that you're, you're, you're struggling through. You're, you're struggling to find your way. You're struggling to, to get what you need. But there's a life that I have in store for you that's far beyond any of that. Come on, somebody. God's got more for you. And the fact that if you can feel him pulling on your heart today, he's beckoning to you. Amen. When you beckon to somebody, what do you do? You try to get their attention, right? Josh, Zach, Matt, Emily. Amen. Why don't you come a little bit closer? Amen. As you begin to move closer, you begin to see that he's dropping things for you. And he's, he's blessing your life in little ways that you never thought that he ever would. Amen. But that's just the beginning. He's got a whole life planned out for you. There's an inheritance for you that you were purposed to have. And it begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why don't we close our eyes and lift our hands to the Lord this morning. God, I can, I can feel you pulling on me. Lord, I can, I can hear you speaking to me loud and clear. I can hear you, Lord. I can, I can hear your, your voice echoing, God, in the spirit this morning. I can feel, Lord. I can feel your love. God, I pray, Lord, that you would pull, draw, God. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, that those things that have been lacking, God, that you would provide, Lord, for those ones, God, that are hungry for you. God, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would begin to heal, that you would begin to restore, God, that you would begin, God, to bring back, God, all that had been lost in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I don't know where you're at. I want everybody to keep your eyes closed. I don't want you looking around. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're facing in your future. You may have come out of Moab with nothing. Amen. God wants to restore. He wants to bring restoration to your life and healing to your life. It's no accident that you're here this morning. God's got a plan for your life. Amen. He sent me here to drop some handfuls to some people to let you know that he saw you in the field. He's got a plan for your life bigger than just the handfuls. But he needs you to have a desire for the field. Is there anybody here this morning that has a desire for the field? Come on, if you have a desire to reach for what God has for you, why don't you step out of your pew, come down to this altar, lift your hands, you can kneel if you want. If you have a desire for the Lord this morning and His plan for your life, come on, don't stay where you're at. Get out of your pew, come down here this morning and reach for the Lord right now. He's got something for you. Come on, He wants a covenant with you. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I can feel you pulling on me. From the moment that I walked in the building, from the moment from the first song, God, I felt your presence. I felt you touching me. I felt you pulling on me, God. I don't know what you want to do, Lord. 
God, but here I am. God, I don't know what you want to pour into my life, but here I am, God. I don't know exactly what you want to do, Lord, but here I am. I'm here, God. Lord, my heart is open to you, Jesus. My heart is open, Jesus. You're all I want, Lord. You're all I want, Jesus. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.